Welcome everybody to the Rotating Tap Podcast. We've got Steve Vanderplue, Corey David, and special guests. Maybe beer people talking comedy or comedians talking beer. Listen up everybody and we'll see what you will hear. I won't waste any more time because it's going very fast. It's the Rotating Tap Podcast. Welcome to the Rotating Tap Podcast. Hi there. Hello. Very excited to be here. My name is Corey David. I am Steve Vanderplug. We are at New Image Brewing Company with Jeremy and Brandon. Uh, Can you guys say hi for us? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yo, what's up? Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm the marketing director here at New Image. Jeremy, nice. Cool. <laughs> tell you, I, like I don't think that. I've ever heard you call yourself Jeremy. I don't. I usually that don't, like seemed. It yeah. looks like it hurt it a little hurts, bit. Yeah, it does. yeah, it's yeah. just farmer. Right? Just farmer. Yeah. yeah, I don't actually. I don't know why I said it that way. And we got a big old truck coming in right away. <laughs> we are doing this outside, Picking socially distance as possible. Pretty sure yeah, it's wild back here. In old town from the building though. next door just tried to start a fight with somebody. No, he was he was hanging out. <laughs> Yeah, the, everybody's just hanging Nobody out until you knows. get hit in the face with a broom, Steve. That's how, <laughs> yeah. that's how a back alley fight works. That's what we're doing right now. I'm trying to steal my sunglasses with those pincher tongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. those are definitely the rules. I'm Brandon. I'm the founder and head brewer. Make all the beer and hope for the best. <laughs> that sounds pretty important. I think uh, you got a pretty big role here at the brewery. So one of the things that we like to do, since this is a comedy-forward podcast, is uh, have you guys tell us a joke. Tell us a joke. So who's going to go first? <laughs> Farmer. Uh, all right, I'll go first. Um, what's worse than ants in your pants? Uncles? Uh, okay. oh, that's nice. pretty good. Pedophile joke. Good. Strike one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that is We're absolutely worse. Yes, yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. Although, like, an ant, A-U-N-T, isn't necessarily, like, the best <laughs> thing either. Yeah. I would rather take the, the bugs. Yeah. yeah. Give me the bugs in my pants. Yeah, I'd rather be I, devoured by fire ants and have my uncle in my pants. Uh, actually, one time I was doing this is so ridiculous. I was doing this festival in San Francisco. I thought you were gonna say so. I had this wild night with my uncle. <laughs> I had this wild night with my uncle. No, I I did a I did a, a festival in San Francisco, and part of that festival you have to open like you host stand up, but you have improv and sketch teams on, and so I brought out the first sketch team, and like three minutes into the sketch, and the sketch was uh, the guy had ants in his pants. And she, this girl backstage leans over and she's like, he gets fully naked during the sketch. And I peeked out on the stage and sure enough, he was butt naked, running around the audience. Like, oh, there's ants in my And it was sketch, not even improv. It's the worst thing I've ever found. Like they planned, they wrote that as a group and thought it was a good idea. Did you get naked with him? Uh, not till later. Okay. That was the next day. Yeah, that was the finale. That yeah. was like the big post, the after party kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, after the after party. It was in the hotel lobby. When's the last time you were both naked in public? Uh, Define public. Define outdoors, outside of your own home, not okay. confined by four walls. On but the, if you are confined by four walls, there's other people present. Specifically on the back patio of New Image Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, probably not since I was a child. I have what? deep-seated Mormon issues, so I'm like... Oh, you're a Mormon too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fully oh, dressed. Wow. This is a no, connection. I don't think so. Okay, yeah, well, I'm also but Mormon. FormerMormonMe.com. <laughs> they call them FOMOs. Yes. Anyway. Uh, Brandon, could, when's the last time you got naked? I could pretend it wasn't a new image. Okay, but um, well, you don't have to. <laughs> now, I, I think probably the last time uh, was when I was like in high school. We used to go all like 
paddle out to this island in a canoe and camp there on the weekends. And uh, it, we would just kind of like one of our things. Everyone's be naked. Drugs That's, were involved? Yeah. No, no. We were sober Christian kids. It was <laughs> just... High on God. <laughs> yeah. Only men naked above the water, you know. Yeah. You got to keep <laughs> Jesus in the mix. Yeah, just tripping on Christ. <laughs> that makes sense. I understand. Christy Buckley's in the house. Oh. She's our official... <laughs> She's our official yeah. fact checker for the episode. Thank you, Christy. Appreciate it. You've heard her on previous episodes, such as number 16. Do you remember the actual number? I, th- I think that's it, but I'm not sure. We, <laughs> o- we only have like 18 episodes. That's still so. a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sound disappointed by that. I, I don't. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. I know facts that I'm not proud of. Yeah. I don't know if it's a fact, though. Yeah, like the earth is flat. Like You're not proud of that, but you know it. Exactly, yeah. I'm not thrilled, but we got to know the truth, right? <laughs> They're trying to make us think this is a round planet. Yeah. Quick hot take. Both of you guys, flat or round earth, what do you think? Flat. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, square. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So it's flat four times. It's yeah. <laughs> just go for on, cubic earth. Just depends on what edge you're on. Yeah. Hey, Brandon, before we forget... You can't get out of telling a joke, so you gotta let God us know what you think. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You threw a butt stuff joke uh, on the pod before we actually started recording, which is disappointing. You wasted it. But That's true, I did. Um, yeah, I think right now I just got like, what's up? What? The sky. Okay. Uh, right. That's the kind of game that I'm coming with when we're uh, talking. Yeah, comedy is hard. Me coming up with comedy. Sounds like you learned that's that. That's the point. Yeah, being comedy. Being on an island with a bunch of other Christian boys. Is oh yeah, like totally. <laughs> What's very, up? Very Not my penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You said you have like more of a dark comedy, like some darker jokes too, right? No, I mean I have one that's like. Yeah. It, What's what's up? <laughs> the sky when it's dark out. Hey. Riffing that's and like, laughing. That's why we're that's here. It's a dark joke. <laughs> It's like one of those things where like a lot of the jokes that go through my head are like they're jokes that like I'd say to myself in my head. But I'm like, if you said that out loud, that'll be like one of those things that's on a podcast that people are like writing articles about. (laughs) And so the old Joey Diaz (laughs) rotating tap podcast. Yeah, Somebody's going to find this 10 years from now and be like, hey, remember when that guy talked about that shit? It'll probably be me that gets canceled. Let's face it. If there's anything to cancel. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad it hasn't happened yet. There's probably nothing to cancel. Like Nothing, yeah. Right Give it time. Yeah, we'll make something up. Yeah. Okay, sweetness. So one of the things that we like to do is talk about something you guys are really uh, proud of and a beer that you think is really cool that you want people to pick up when they get here. Uh, but we're going to get to that in a second because we just want to get you guys kind of buzzed first. Get so buzz. we're going to do our chuggable beer. Yeah, time to drink. Yeah, yeah. So for <laughs> the guys really that fast. don't know, uh, we keep a running leaderboard of comics that we have on and the brewers and the marketing folks like like farmer whoever's on the show uh, we chug a beer and we time it and then we have the top 10 leaderboard that we post on social media um, if people pick a beer that's over eight percent they get three seconds off their time doesn't sound like you guys opted for that today right no smart something easy yeah something, yeah something smooth sipping okay so here's the way it works um you're gonna start drinking steve's gonna time it and hopefully we'll provide, i don't mess up like last time yeah we'll provide some <laughs> color commentary and then uh you can't t- you tell us what the beer is first and then you describe it immediately after uh so we do encourage burping we encourage some belching belchability is a big part of this and something you should be proud of so who wants to go first might as well. Oh, yeah. I, I ate show the, the chug portion, so <laughs> might as well show up for the chug. Oh, oh no, I 
Yeah, my sanitary wipes are getting away. <laughs> Don't you guys just love like this new outdoor reality that we have? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be great until August or or through August rather. But I like I, I like the great outdoors. You know, it's nice to connect with nature. Yeah, you're not in the say alley that. of Old Town Arvada. You're not gonna say that in February. <laughs> of yeah. course not. This is the shadiest place in town, probably, right? There's no alleys in Arvada. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah. Who knows what could happen back Not here. to mention all the shade. Yeah. Nice. There's, ah. there's again. There's a good one again. Coming in with a dark joke. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> dim right. joke. Yeah, dim, dim. Dimmed. Yeah. Slightly, dark, not slightly quite. dampened. Yeah. More of a dimmer switch. Sunbright. Jeremy, you can also pour yours already oh, if you okay. want to. Yeah, yeah. All right, tell me what you're drinking, and then chug, and then describe it after. All righty, so I'm drinking Llama Bite. It's our Czech Pilsner. I love and, the can. Uh, I love the art on it. Llamas yeah, we were uh, specifically very inspired by, like, Cotopaxi branding yeah. when we came up with this this can, um, as well as the name came from a quote from that Ford versus Ferrari movie that Matt Damon made Oh yeah. after the scene when he fist fights Christian Bale. Anyway. Not, um, not, not too many details. Get to chug it, and yeah. we can talk about it afterward. <laughs> Shut right. up and yeah, chug shut the hell up. Shut the hell up and chug. Whenever you're ready. Ready? All right. Here we go. It's like he's going cliff oh, jumping. He had to really brace himself for this. Somebody went to college. Doing pretty well. Yeah, all right. This is how he drinks beers out of the fermenter, too. He just wow. opens it up, puts his mouth underneath like a 7-Eleven slushy. That's pretty good. You should be proud of yourself. So tell us a little bit more about this beer, because you were gushing about it. Oh, there it is. There Ooh. it is. Ooh. We're all right. doing it. God, that beer's so fucking good. It's uh, the first thing. Like, I, I love this beer. Um, you know, so uh, I really, uh, what got me into making this beer in the first place was, you know, obviously is the weather was heating up and um, without like a bunch of travel and stuff, I got back more into like distance running and trying to get back in shape for mountain bike season. So I was looking for something lighter to drink and um, ended up just kind of randomly grabbing some of the four pack cans of Pilsner Kell that were uh, starting to become available. Like it's starting to show up in four pack cans now, which is really cool. Classic. And so I was drinking that and just really digging it. Like um, it's kind of like in the same way that slow pour has like such a unique character to it like Pilsner Raquel has a really distinctive character to it and I just I was just drinking so much of it just like ruminating over like what is it that is so unique about this and ultimately through just kind of researching that beer as well as that style in general determined that it was like a really like kind of malt uh, derivative uh, flavor difference that really separated it so much from the German Pilsner and so um, decided to kind of without going the super traditional route in terms of the brewing method um try to piece together a recipe that would use a little bit of traditional methodology as well as just take advantage of some of like the commercially available stuff now to make something that fits that kind of profile of being a little bit more like malt and melanoidin forward lager but that's just super fucking easy to crush yeah so when you say mixing like some traditional methods with some new technologies and methods like what is it that you'd modernize with to make this beer stand out right so you know traditionally speaking um you'd do like 100 percent pilsner malt and do like a triple decoction with that to really get like the malt profile yeah. um we opted to do a single decoction with a mix of a few more like crystal and melanoidin malts so we could get to a similar flavor flavor characteristic get some of the um, characteristics we get from the decoction but meet somewhere in the middle of doing you know spending three four hours during doing a mashing procedure by decoction um, do you mean removing the dick from the beer or how <laughs> that is 
one hundred percent exactly. Well, most people call Science, it a circumcision. Scientific term. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. So this is a circumcised beer, is what you're saying. This is a circumcised. Yeah, it's decocted. <laughs> it's great. It's very good. I think that's actually divorce skinning. Yeah, that's it. Dark <laughs> jokes. <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Continue. Yeah. Continue. No, I, I, I mean, so decoction, <laughs> um, decoction is where you take a portion of the mash during the uh, saturation rest and then boil it off in order to uh, disable the enzyme and then mix it back in to raise the overall temperature of the um, subsequent mixture. And uh, so traditionally speaking, you'd start at a lower temperature, take a smaller portion of the mash, heat it up, boil it, mix it back in, do that a few times, and each iteration adds to the one, two, three, up to a triple decoction for like a more traditional check pill. So for this one, we took a higher percentage of the mash, heated up for a longer period of time, mixed it back and just did a single decoction that way. Um, So the idea is just to get a little bit more like kind of a crystallized sugar character during the mashing process um, by taking the grain during its steeping time and heating it up and uh, causing a more intense milliard reaction during that time. So we kind of met in the middle with doing a little bit of the traditional method and then uh, just using some further modified malts where they're effectively kind of accomplishing the same goal but through kilning techniques rather than mashing techniques yeah i mean when it comes to light lagers like this it's the first stage is like don't fuck it up right because it's so easy to notice off flavors and whatnot and then after that it really comes down to it seems to me anyway like very nuanced changes to really make it stand out from what else is out there you know I, i think that's true but sometimes i feel like this whole like man like you know the real test of a metal for brewers if they can make a lager thing is like so overstated like i there's so much stuff that's i I think like very voodoo-y still about the craft industry where it's like you can't use brett in a clean brewery and uh lagers are so hard to make like i I feel like most competent brewers like you know someone who's spent a year working at rock bottom knows how to make a good lager i just think that there's been so many people that went you know from a five gallon homebrew setup to like an unjacketed uh, plastic fermenter that couldn't make anything taste good for so long that like this like this uh, commentary got built into uh, into the craft industry that's like yeah it's like, so hard to make a lager it's like there's like the most information out there about how to make a lager it's what we've been making with the most technique and discussion and scientific data like basically all the usable data that we have in a textbook about beer making is about lager making so if anything it, it so long as you can just do the fundamental basics correctly, making a good lager, maybe making a world-class lager is difficult, but making a passable lager, I, I don't, I think that the discussion around that being such a huge accomplishment is, is voodoo that needs to be disbanded because yeah. it's just like, I don't know, like a competent brewer can be <laughs> getting a clap from over there. Some people just suck at it though. That's the thing. I guess Some so. Just suck. And, and, what can you and say? It, some people don't know how to make scrambled eggs, Brandon. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it's like about. comedy where uh, Corey David's passable as a comic. Yes. <laughs> I am just unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to fuck anything up. And then there's nuance in between that sometimes stands out and makes it memorable. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Farmer, I think it's your turn. All right. Oh, who's so the thirsty boy? So just to let everyone know, you're yeah. taking the same thing. I'm right? drinking the same thing. Uh, I'm just going to preface it. I'm, I'm really bad at it. Yeah. Like, not good at it. So I'm, I'm looking to get the longest. You sound time. like me before I have sex. Just drink it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just right? drink it already. Yeah, yeah. My bad. A little soft sip. 
This Not much of a throat opener, as... more of a delicate kiss of the lips yeah, onto the rim of the glass. Smoochy. Yeah, I was gonna say just like, really oh. out. like he's, 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 like lost he's kissing his grandma. Break. He's gonna take a breath. <laughs> like kissing Nana on Mother's Day. It's like so good to see you. Oh, we got there a little bit laugh. of break. Taking yeah. a breather. I get it. Yeah. You know, this Exhausting. is long work. It's only like 94 degrees I'd say out it's right more now. Of, yeah, so. I was gonna say like he needs any excuses to just pound this thing. Hey, another break. All right. All right. No. Yeah. yeah we're almost done. <laughs> you look it's like me there. and you my day job. We had a break in the action, but no, we did not. We just uh, haven't finished it yet. All right. Farmer, oh, there we hey, go. got it. All right. Uh, and that concludes our podcast for today. <laughs> it took too much time. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, not everybody here drinks at the same pace. <laughs> Sitting here that whole time feeling like the impulses that have been embedded in me by like going out to dinner with my dad for years. I'm like, you going to finish that? Yeah. <laughs> well, you can definitely tell who's in marketing and who's on the brewery. <laughs> yeah, you can tell who has a problem. <laughs> yeah, somebody's been and passing. And who's an adult. Yeah, somebody's been passing the idea ball around too many times. While somebody, somebody else was chugging yeah. beers. Someone's sure, got to do the R and D. Making sure the quality threshold was met for everybody. All right, so where are we at on time? So Brandon finished at five <laughs> seconds, five point thirteen seconds. That's good. That's wow. yeah. that is enough to move into uh, sixth place. Hey, wow. all that's right. A hey, that's well pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. <laughs> And Jeremy. And now for the bad news. Uh, uh, actually, actually, I do have some good news. Jeremy actually is in first place of the worst time. Coming in at 33.97 oh seconds. Hey, Please. congratulations. Thank you, farmer. thank you. Way to go, Jeremy. I'm trying to get out of here with, with one record, and I feel great about it. So. Yeah. Anything you want to say to the fans out there, like, you know, the kids that really want to improve their times? Yeah, I mean, with zero work and zero dedication, you too can get last place. So just keep great. on not trying. Yeah. And Very inspirational. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, Farmer, tell us a little bit about um, the beer, like the label, the copy that's on, like, the side. Because do you have more of a hand in that? Yeah, um, I designed the majority of our labels now. Um, so, like, I designed this one. When I came on, we had... Um, this guy who did a lot of our labels, um, like some of the stuff that's sort of still around, like the Coriolis and stuff, like some of our older labels, um, he did all those labels. And then probably about a year-ish ago, maybe? Somewhere around that timeline. Um, <clears throat> I started taking on more and more of the just design. So um, like Brandon was saying, we were looking at Cotopaxi bags and um, we just kind of went with like the super bright colors. And, I like it. Um, yeah, it's, it's nice. Like Brandon, usually kind of the way we go about it is uh, oh, yeah, I guess I need this one over here. Um, Brandon and I will kind of talk and then um, go over some ideas for usually around, like, the name of a beer. And then we just go back and forth till we land on, like, a design um, that we both like. And that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of textures, so every time I make something, I try and throw as much texture into it as I can. So yeah. it's, like, the background of it's got all these, like, weird little patterns to it and stuff, so... Yeah, I feel like you guys more than a lot of other places you have more mo like more modern art, like a lot of bright colors. And is that a theme that you guys have kind of like across like uh, most of the labels that you do, or is it? I don't know if you have like a style or a motif. That you I feel like over. every single beer, like sometimes I have a really weirdly distinct vision for the packaging that I'll convey to farmer and he'll actualize. And then sometimes I have absolutely no idea what to look for and we'll just kind of like shoot the shit on slack for a little bit until like something kind of lands or just literally just go off into the ether and just let him come up with whatever um 
I think that it's it's very organically just like what looks good to us, what kind of fits the yeah. idea of the beer and like um, I don't know, like what we're randomly kind of into at that time. Like this is kind of a perfect example of just like one where there wasn't like a ton of build up from a branding standpoint of this beer is like it was a beer that I just I just wanted to do it. I knew it was like this isn't a beer that's gonna like rate crazy high it's not a beer people are gonna like talk a ton about it's just a beer i want to make and i want to drink a shit ton of it um and i had just watched the ford versus ferrari movie and i thought the llama bite quote from matt damon was fucking hysterical do you remember it off the top of your head <laughs> i call get that one the llama bite it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna get these motherfucking llamas off this motherfucking bite <laughs> that actually is a different beer um, <laughs> No, the, our, our buds at our buds at a uh, Listerman. Uh, our friends at Listerman in Cincinnati. They released a beer recently. That's uh, I'm I'm sick and tired of these uh, motherfucking IPAs from this motherfucking brewery. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's pretty like good. Yeah, and it's like the can art is incredible. It's like Samuel Jackson on a plane with a lightsaber, and it's like all like every Sam Hell Jackson yeah. movie. There's like all these visual references in the label. It's super sick. We've got a collab coming out with them really soon. It's going to be a really fun one, too. With Samuel L. Jackson? Yes, exactly. Dude, that would be <laughs> That's good. That's Dude, he dream. says yes to everything. Yeah, he's got to <laughs> make that money. That's <laughs> how <Yeah. laughs> so we got Jurassic Park. He's just like, yeah, give me it. Uh, I got a targeted ad. And I, it was, From Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, man. I wish. He just calls me. Uh, yeah. He doesn't need to advertise to me. He's Steve, got, I got a fucking he's problem. He's got my number. <laughs> uh, no, it was from uh, Oscar Blues. I got targeted at, and they're they're clearly rebranding right now. And Man, you really came out of left field with that one. What? Uh, well, we're talking about we're talking about labels. Okay. <laughs> it's not that crazy. Okay. Like, like this. I this is a nice label on a can. You have a label of douchebag. We all are talking about labels. Listen, I wasn't born this way. I'm like Lady. <laughs> but it uh it it was something I wanted to bring up also because Farmer used to work for Oscar Blues, but. Uh, their rebranding, I gotta say, is terrible because they, <laughs> the they kept like Goodnight at pretty much the same, and Dale's is pretty much the same. Yeah. But everything else is like, like new and artsy, like bright, vibrant logos, and it's like that's never what I would want from Oscar Blues. Like it just doesn't seem to fit their personality. And like Steve it does hates yours. art. Everybody knows that. I, art's <laughs> fine, you know. Little, he hates music. He hates culture. Yeah, I hate everything. Yeah, except coronavirus. I love that. We're best friends. <laughs> you look like uh, an evil villain that lost his job. What makes you think I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> I am currently on unemployment. So. We'll get back to Oscar Blues in a second. But I did want to. I did want to ask. Like, do you guys have like a lab- Do you have a label that came out that you were the most? happy about like that you were most like stoked that when you saw it like from idea to actually hitting the hitting the shelves hmm i i did for me it was uh it just came back out recently but uh i like genetic nurture that was like the my favorite label um that i've done but uh, i just thought it looked really cool and it was it's just like a bunch of dna strands um but uh that was the one i liked the most i don't know it just looked super cool it's sometimes when it goes from like your computer screen to a printed can, there's something lost sometimes, but um, that one just came out super rad. I really like that one. Nice. I'm like pulling up the Instagram because I want to vet my own like recollection a, on how this. How do I pick my favorite kid? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. However, do the you one that do cries so? the least. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's not a fussy eater and doesn't give you a shit every time you go to a restaurant. That's the favorite label. You know, I 
it's kind of funny because it's like definitely not the most like visually challenging label um, that we've done in a long time, but um, that's what I people love. refer to Steve visually challenged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not easy I, uh, on the eyes. I've been I, going after. There's a comic who wears who voluntarily wears an eye patch on stage, <laughs> but he's an anti-masker, and so I photoshopped the eye patch over his mouth <laughs> and can't stop trying to get people to send it. To, he blocked me. <laughs> he blocked me, and I'm like encouraging everybody to send him that picture. Uh, carry on. Griffin. Speaking of visually challenged, yeah, um, I love the double double can. Like I don't. It's just like it's very visually striking. Yeah. It's like definitely not the most like technically crazy design that you've pulled off in like the last year by any means. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's just like really, just really well done. I, don't, I it just love. Speaks to you. Yeah. That's how I, art works. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, I so just prefer when the art is wrapped around something that I can drink that has that alcohol. Sounded, yeah. okay. Until you said the last part, that sounded gross. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really sexual in nature. Depends on your preference. So before we get to the Oscar Blues thing, because I know you want to talk about it, and the only reason I'm skipping it for right now is because I just poured a beer and I don't want it to get warm. Uh, so we do have a guest beer. We'd like to bring something on for you guys to drink that's from somebody else. And we just had a pretty limited release of the Alchemist Heady Topper. Oh, yeah, we got some. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty stoked to get this. And uh, cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers with y'all. Now, I have a... I have a personal affinity for this beer just because I grew up uh, near the Vermont border. We used to be able to get this fairly regularly. So regardless of whether it holds up against what other hazy IPAs are out there now or how the style has kind of shaped itself to this point, it's always going to have a nostalgia factor for me that I just can't pass on. Um, but you had mentioned, Brandon, you had mentioned before we started the show that you kind of tried to model one of your beers after this, which is an amazing beer in and of itself. It's an East Coast transplant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, and it's it's so interesting, like uh, like drinking this again, and um, you know, so a disclaimer I'll put out there is that uh, like having had Hetty Topper shipped to me at you know different points in my life versus like drinking it um, just locally in Vermont, I've always felt like there's some kind of difference there, like whether it's just the way it travels or what age it was or whatever the uncontrolled variables were. Um, I don't know, it's it this. A memory is fallible for sure, but this definitely does not like feel like the beer I remember. Sure, well, we're um, also supposed to be drinking it from the can. So okay. yes, supposedly, but I don't think that passing it around Catholic mass style would be the way. Is that? I like told a- you I love coronavirus. <laughs> so I think the whole drink from the can thing was kind of started at a time where like because there's a, a lot of like. Um, like hop proteins that like kind of coagulate and then it just kind of float around in there. So I think it was for not having to explain what that is to everybody. I think that was kind of why, because I I can't imagine that when they say it's for aroma purposes, but everything about a can says like, yeah, there's like no No. aroma points like at all. Like you got this like tight, really tight funnel. I I definitely, there's, there's valid arguments for both sides. I mean, uh, the moment you pour something out of a can into a glass, the most volatile aromas are going to escape um, as the CO2 nucleates and those aromas are pushed out. So you could theoretically capture more aroma by not transferring from one vessel to another. Um, but you have to take, like, when you take the experiential factor into, a, um, into account and, like, the amount of headspace that's available for things to, like, sit and concentrate it, 
it's a little bit of a wash. And I think that, like, the former aspect that you focus on is more accurate, which is that, like, especially early on with Hazy IPA, you know, people were so all about um, just beer, like, clear beer, you know, filtered beer. Everything was, everything looked professionals. Like, all the beer used to wear suits. Yeah. And, like, now the beer's, like, got dreads. And As it's a just van, like, like farmer. Yeah. <laughs> just living. It's just living in a van. Living that, that sprinter life. Being an artist. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to work for Sierra Nevada, and when they came out with Hazy Little Thing, the beer tasted like any other Hazy IPA that was out on the market, but it was clear. Like the first couple of iterations of it, they couldn't really dial in that suspension where they get that constant haze. It would all kind of fall out. And... People, the first time I was sampling people on it, they were like, everybody was essentially, this tastes great, but they were bothered by the fact that it's not hazy, which is a big flip from what it used to be, right? Oh, yeah. To, 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 to your yeah. point, where if you had a hazy beer that wasn't a wit or a Hefeweizen before, people were skeptical oh, about it. I mean, back in 2015, when we were taking samples to bars of East Coast Transplant, people would laugh me out the door. I'd be like, this is bullshit. Yeah. You're just like, an experienced home brewer that doesn't know what they're doing and you can't get your beer clear and yada i'm like no i promise you this is like intentional it's, it's different try it like see if you like it yeah and they're like, i like this but people won't like it i'm like you like it so wh- where does that extend to other people won't like it because i like it that doesn't make any sense it's you're right like not even how like psychological transference works but um no it was, it was so frustrating early on people would get so butthurt about like that that visual metric but at the same time like we are a very visual driven uh society like it's a it's a a massive part of what we consume you look how popular instagram is like we thrive and feed on the visual aspects of things so it's natural that that comes into play with craft beer and just with with a ton of products Mm -hmm. beyond just the packaging with the appearance of the actual product is that why you have is that why it's called new image no actually that was more of like kind of a a personal statement of needing to make a serious change in my life because I was very unhappy where I was at. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go on and say things. that it was a combination. <laughs> it was a combination of both. Of it. That wasn't even a dark joke. That was just dark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Farmer, have you had this beer before? Yeah, I have. Um, but I, I drink it now. Like I don't remember it being as like oniony. Uh, uh, maybe I'm just really sensitive to that. That's the I, thing. Is okay. So I have. I remember having this beer not even that long ago, like two years ago, and I always stood by it and think it's it's great. No matter what people say about it, I don't really give a shit. Like, it's still a great beer. And then the drop that came to Denver, who knows, maybe it's like your palate's changed or it's just been too long since you've had it, but I felt like there was something off about it, which seems kind of hard to believe because the Kimmiches, like, do such a great job. Yeah. Well, I think, think too, it's like, like, kind of like you're saying, uh, because I just think, like, our palates have changed so much, and especially this type of beer... And in Colorado, like, everyone who makes this style of beer, we're all kind of using similar hops, too. So, like, I think we've all gotten used to these certain flavors from, like, everyone's using, like, Citra and uh, Nelson and Galaxy and Mosaic. And it's like, so I think those just have such a different flavor. Um, And I think it's what's expected. So when you have this, which 
I, I don't even know what's in this one, but I would guess I don't remember none of the top of my head. I mean, um, I would assume Citra has got to be in there, you know, because just because of when it came out. Sure, yeah. You have to consider, like, what hot varieties were in, like, big supply and readily available yeah. and in high the, quality right. at that time, right? I, I don't, I I don't know how much validity there is to this, but I kind of remember that, like, at, at the time when this beer was, like, really, really, really gaining a ton of speed, um, you know, Simcoe was very popular. Um, Cascade was kind of on its way out. Amarillo was going through its, like, hot flash. Um, I halfway remember that, like, pretty sure Simcoe and Amarillo play some part in this beer. And, and maybe they did, and maybe they don't anymore, and maybe I'm totally misremembering that. But um, the I, I feel like, it, in the very least, Simcoe was involved in some way, in a significant way, because um, doing hop selection for years... I'd been like kind of looking for the like heady topper Simcoe character, um, and if I totally misremembered its involvement in the beer, then it's just whatever. But uh, the most recent crop that we got, I remember finally finding a particular lot that was like, oh man, like that's that distinct like aromatic note that's in that beer that's like so distinctive. Um, so again, I, I don't know how much validity that has, but that's kind of like one of the things that I've always considered to be distinctive about that beer is just a particular like stone fruit peachy kind of aroma note that I personally associate with uh, particular lots of Simcoe. Yeah. Um, but back when I was doing a lot of research on this beer, I believe it was like Simcoe and maybe Citra and Amarillo that were like the big players. Um, and, it, and that kind of makes sense for when this beer was really popularized. Sure, like the hot varieties yeah. that people could get their hands on. So when I had East Coast Transplant, which I think is a fantastic beer, I had just, I, to me, it actually tasted a little bit more like Sip of Sunshine than it did with Hetty Topper, but then again, who knows at this point, because I couldn't, I had Sip of Sunshine more recently than I'd had Hetty Topper at that point when I think I had East Coast Transplant for the first time. Uh, but it's, it's a fantastic beer. And one of the things you had said before the pod as well, like you guys focus a, a big part of your focus is on hazies and you do a bunch of other really great styles too like you know llama bites fantastic uh, you have your kombucha beers and, and um, sours that you do they're wonderful but you'd made a point to say that we try to really nail the hazy thing mm. so to me there when it comes to hazy beers there's a once you reach a certain quality threshold a lot of them wind up tasting exactly the same but there's a big gap between the lower quality threshold, which all tastes the same, but equally shitty. And then there's the higher quality threshold where you just get, it's exceptional flavor, the attenuation's there, the body's there, aroma, all that stuff. But they all taste fairly similar. Like what is it when you say, like we're trying to really nail the hazy thing that you do differently to make your beer stand out from, from the crowd? You know, it's, it's become such a like hard thing. I, randomly, I was thinking about this earlier today um but uh yeah i know (laughs) it's It's almost like you had to get ready to be on a podcast no it's funny because it it just organically it just popped into my head like if someone were to ask that question how would i answer it and the thing is it's almost hard to say at this point because i mean it's been i started brewing hazy ipa in 2013 in pittsburgh and at the time it was like a very just inspired new thing that didn't have a whole lot of boundaries or um, comparisons. And then, you know, fast forward to seven years later, and it's just, you just tried so many little things and changed so many little things. And um, there's not exactly like 
specific hops that always work, but there are certain hops that work better than others for hazy IPAs. There's certain malt profiles that work better than others. There's certain kind of like adjunct malts that work really well in hazy IPAs that you may or may not expect and that seem like easy substitutes, but they're actually like very distinctive. Um, the water profile is something that's taken a really long time to dial in. Um, and even using adjunct sugars has been, uh, had, had a big impact. So it's, it's a lot of like really small things that end up having the end effect. But I ultimately, like, I think that one of the things that, um, might be the most, um, practical difference is, uh, I think the people that are really doing hazy IPA well have kind of had to truly let go of kind of the previous philosophy on, uh, elegant being limited exclusively to ingredient usage and letting saturation kind of become a norm because um, like saturation and inefficiency are sort of a um, characteristic of hazy IPA that's really important <coughs> and allowing the product to drift towards that reality um, you can still do it in an elegant nuanced way but rather than trying to like let's get as much as possible out of as little as possible that philosophy, I think, makes worse hazy IPAs. I think let's use as much as it takes to make the thing we really want to get. That philosophy makes better hazy IPAs. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not normally one to gear towards the end of excess, but it's it's just kind of a reality about that style that um, seems to have really been like a delineation that if you really try to side by side and have that realization that like one of these is just exceptionally better that approach from either side will generally create that difference. Yeah. yeah Regardless yeah. of all the other small nuanced <laughs> approaches, that's kind of the, the big dividing line. Well, it sounds like you haven't given it any thought at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I great, definitely man. sleep. <laughs> Some from time, for like 10 minutes a day. <laughs> yeah. And then I get up and go for a 20-mile run. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, you got to burn off the, the hazy calories, man. They are full of carbs. I'll do that. Uh, Many much carbs. Steve, do you want to get to, because I know you had it was a hot button issue. Yeah, I want to talk about Oscar Boyd. I want to talk. Do you want to pour the guest beer? I'm sorry, not the guest beer. Do you want to pour the feature beer first so we can at least sip on it while you rant, or do you want to rant first? It's not going to be a, a, <laughs> like a long rant, okay? It's not going to be a... All right, we'll find out. Feel free to pour your next beer whenever you feel. Here's the thing. And so Jeremy used to work at Oscar Blues. And I still like Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, it's, you know, I've obviously grown into like other beers, but every experience I've had with Oscar Blues has been terrible. And mainly, I didn't, I didn't realize you guys did food here also, but their food is garbage. <laughs> their food is garbage. And... I love how you you said you had to preface this rant by saying Jeremy I'm not, used to work for them. All right, let's go. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't matter. Yeah, what the fuck? Why? It it doesn't matter. I the just thing. Don't know why I even had to throw him under the bus? Because <laughs> he doesn't work there anymore. Do you, Jeremy? How do you feel about Oscar Blues? How do you feel about Oscar Blues? Still have a lot of friends there. Okay, and, and are they in high places? Yes. Okay, well, you can tell them. Go ahead and you tell them that I think that their food is... Tell them the beet salad's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Will ya? 
I've never had anything good at Oscar Bazaar. I went to the one in Lions. I went to the one in Lions. What a bold statement. I've never had anything. Food wise, I have it. I have it. And I've eaten there a bunch. You I've don't eaten like there the a beer bunch. Any, you don't even like the beer anymore. Some of their beer is fine. Okay. I, it's just frustrating to see them. I feel like they're As trying a, to expand too much too fast. Hence why the, the <laughs> fucking Chubburger Chub <laughs> is out of business. It was a bad idea. Uh, also, they like the the basement of the downtown location had some really good things going, and they just didn't want to put the effort in anymore. How long have you been and waiting to say been, all this? <laughs> oh man, I dream about it every single night. <laughs> I, I think about it all the time. So should we rule out Oscar Blues as a potential future guest? My will is 90% me talking shit about Oscar Blues. <laughs> Give my stuff to a couple people. That's great. I know Chris, Christy's had her own experiences with Oscar Blues as well. You know, you've got, you're 10 feet away and you've got a muzzle on. If you've got something to say, you can come over to the microphone. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what, everybody? They love to waste money. Um, everybody. Everybody out on the patio. Choice. Line up and tell us what you don't like about Oscar Blues. Whatever is a We're going to open up a place literally called Chub Burger. That's so interesting. You know what I'm thinking about when I want burgers? Chubs. What What a terrible decision. Uh, So, Farmer, how do you you feel about Oscar Blues? He's got friends in high places. You used to be, were you the marketing manager over there? I was the creative director. Uh, Well, apparently all the creations. Did you name Chubberger? So I'm so sorry. I did not. So, so, (laughs) let me, let me, let me. I feel like I want to be your anger translator. (laughs) Like, he's going to say it really nice, and then I'll say what. Well, so, so I will say this. Chrissy Beakley stepped into the ring. A lot of people don't don't know this, but um, the restaurants and the brewery are like separate. Like the Huge restaurants mistake. are its own mistake thing. Mistake number one. Yeah. Um, back when they started, uh, you couldn't be like a restaurant. You couldn't have the liquor license as a restaurant owner oh, yeah. and have a brewery license. Yeah. So they basically just split the companies off. So the restaurants are their own thing. They were run separately, run by different people. The breweries run by uh, by its own people. So that's one. That's not a defense of the name <laughs> but that is that is just that they are separate. So the decisions made in the on the restaurant side are different than the uh, the brewery side. Um. <laughs> their fucking left hand is broken and it doesn't talk to their right hand. Like that's what is. <laughs> they don't talk to each other. They don't even act like they're part of the same company. They like don't. I don't know. They like don't even help each other out. No, like sometimes not at all. I don't know. It just seems like yeah, two separate companies. <laughs> and also, they just he the ego of it. Like they literally just thought they couldn't fail. Like, and Oscar. it's really funny to watch them. Fail. Uh, Oscar's Christy Beasley with the angry translation <laughs> for Jeremy Farmer. <laughs> Thank you, Christy. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, All right. Anything else? Because you said this wasn't going to take a long time. Uh, I I've said that, and I don't. The, the pork sandwich, <laughs> the pork sandwich I had in Lions was one of the worst things I've ever eaten in my entire life. 
They can't they possibly the car that. <laughs> yeah, they changed the cheese on, and the, not, the, uh, the nachos <laughs> were always just fine. Brandon, have you been to Oscar Blues recently? Define recently. I'm treating this like a deposition now. We're naked in public. Oh, but between now and then, yes. Yes, okay. Several times. Yeah, yeah, several times. How do you feel about the pulled pork? <laughs> uh, we had the pulled pork at the Christmas party, right? We did. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty recently. I, but I, that was the Denver location. Yeah, that was that was the Denver basement. Yeah. Um, as previously referred to. I mean, I had fun. At the same time, that... That's a uh, great the, review of the pork. I <laughs> had fun. I had fun at the party. Pork was I, fun. I liked the pork. That same night, I also got my dad to sing Renegade by Styx for karaoke with me. So so the pork, <laughs> eight, <laughs> 8 out of 10 on the pork. <laughs> Would have been a 6 if it weren't for my dad singing Styx. <laughs> awesome. All right, so... They did take, as, as I performers... I can't wait to have Oscar Blues on the podcast. As, as so performers, they took it. tell all of this to Dale's face. Oh, yeah, give me. He'll, he'll punch me in the face and be like, good night. <laughs> All right. This podcast will be two minutes long. This is going to be you two digging it out and rolling out. around on the ground. I, I mean, I would say, like, one of the biggest bummers, I think, about it was that for that little window, it was a cool space to do cool oh, it shit. Oh, was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was the rad. Like, like, downstairs cool. was rad. And they did, do stuff. they did take care of us as performers for a long time, but then they just didn't understand, like, our yep. needs as performers in order to like draw your fucking needs what do you got a writer now i've always had a writer and and 20 percent of my writer is saying you got to talk shit about oscar blues <laughs> you want to come in the green room you bet the, the password is uh, oscar blues is blowing it uh, <laughs> no they they took care of us and they just there i mean there are certain things that we need you know like Sound system love, wise. affection, attention. Yeah. The admiration of strangers. Yeah. Parking. Uh, parking. <laughs> Parking's a biggie. Yeah, I mean Better that was pork. like there was that little window where it was just like a cool spot to do cool shit, and it was super fun. Um, I mean that's how like uh, that's how I met Christy was we before we opened it because um, I, I switched jobs from the creative director to help open that venue. And, um, like, I got introduced to, to Christy and Janae, and we were just kind of pitching ideas about shows. And so we started off doing, um, uh, it was originally just going to be, I think, was it just going to be open mic, open mic at first? And then we decided to do the weekly show. And the op- Christy Buckley yeah. says it was supposed to be Pussy Bros and then a mic. <laughs> and yeah. they were just throwing money around, so they wanted to do more. Well, yeah, so we ended up doing, like, Christy and I did a show every week. Janae and I did open mic every week. And then we did a monthly Pussy Bros show. Um, and it was super fun. We had so many dope yeah. shows there. Um, and then when I was out probably like two years ago, um, I came over here shortly afterwards. But um, I didn't really go to any of the shows after that. So I don't know how things were then. Well, you guys run, I mean, before obviously everything got shut down, uh, you guys were running a comedy show here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Christy was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once we, once I moved over here, Christy and I talked and just wanted to do shows together again. So, um, so we started doing those shows. We did, like almost a solid, almost a full year before. Yeah. 
year anniversary was supposed to be recently. But then all this happened. And, and then I think two weeks ago was when we had, had we were planned to do our Old Town yeah, Comedy Festival. Yeah, it was going to be so cool. I know. We were looking forward to it. It'll be, I mean, it'll happen. Just, you know, timing yeah. is a bitch, yeah. I guess. But yeah, it's been, it's been cool because it's been super receptive in Old Town. There really wasn't anything ha- like happening like that. And so um, every time we've done it, it's been packed. Like, yeah. Yeah. super packed in there. And Christy books, like, amazing shows. Yeah, great lineups. And, yeah, yeah, killer lineups. Yeah, I, I would agree to that even though I was never on any of them. She did do, she did do a great job. Which is a tall <laughs> order to get him to admit. Um, all right, so do we have your permission to move on, or do you do you have a couple of – do you want to go down the full menu and tell us how you feel about every item? Oh, man, no, I don't – I could fucking go on about – I don't even know if they have pot stickers, but I'm sure they were not good. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of reviews, I'd like to go into – one of my favorite segments. Yeah. We'll keep this one kind of short. Well, we don't have to. I'd love to be able to expand upon it, but bef- just before we do that, we did pour a new beer into our glasses. So could you guys just tell us uh, what we're drinking and just a brief little overview about it? Totally. Uh, so our flagship and most known probably IPA is Coriolis Effect. It's the beer we make the most of and distribute the most widely in the state. Um, we do a double dry hop version of that as a series, and we try to feature... Um, different hops uh, with that typically but uh, we recently did a version where we didn't just feature a different hop but we also featured a different um, technique and one that's really new which is using um, supercritical CO2 extracted hop terpenes whoa Um, that's a lot I know it's a mouthful (laughs) and post chug I was still able to pronounce all of those words so I'm pretty proud I think I've done enough for the day um Take a break. Yeah. You're doing awesome. <laughs> Take a break. Yeah, go um, have some Oscar Blues nachos. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> Don't do it. You'll get sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, for this release, uh, we were originally just going to do a Galaxy Double Dry Hop version of Coriolis, but um, we had decided uh, to get connected to the local um, lab that's doing this distillation process for the hop terpenes, have them do the extraction process, and then uh, it's, it's really cool because, I mean, you – you lower the amount of, I mean, normally we're talking about like a 50 pound case of hops that would go in for, or actually I guess closer to like 60, 70 pounds of hops would go into a batch the size of this one. And um, that got distilled down to like 300 milliliters of terpene um, con- uh, solution. And the yield was way higher. The flavor is very distinctive. Um, but it was kind of cool because. You know, the baseline is uh, this beer is just Coriolis Effect. We, we make a ton of. You can get any time to compare side by side. The only difference between this beer and that beer is that 360 milliliters of hop terpene content. So I think it's pretty incredible to see what, uh, and like to put it in perspective, like 360 milliliters, like half of a water bottle going into a thousand gallon tank yeah. is what made this a completely different animal from our flagship. And now, why, how is this different than, you know, a, a beer like Odell Rupture that uses, like, powder? Like, it's like a... Right, so that... More of a powder, or... there's Because yeah. there's, there's powders, there's oils, there's for all different kinds of lupulins. So, like, how is this different? So, that? I think Rupture is like a lupulin powder, yes. if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, but there are other, like, hop oils yeah. that existed before this, right? Like, right. Well... Yeah, so there's there's been some different extracts that are mostly like hot side usable. Um, like there's been some supercritical CO2 extracts on the market for a while, and kind of one of the one of my rubs with a lot of them for a long time is um, and, and actually what's made this 
one particularly viable is we're working with a local lab that's doing the distillation. So we can take them the hops that we selected and have them distill those rather than kind of reaching into the black box of like, you know, somebody who they might know their way around supercritical CO2 extraction. Maybe they don't know their way around hop selection. Um, so we're kind of getting whatever they think is good galaxy or good citra and distilling that and whatever their handling is like prior to that. With these guys, we have the opportunity to say, hey, this is our contract citra that we selected. Let's, you know, just process this and give it back to us. So we, we have a little bit more metric of control there. But um, speaking specifically like rupture, so lupulin powder is um, kind of eliminating a lot of the vegetal component, but you still have um, mostly terpene compounds, uh, but still not in a solubilized form with a certain amount of vegetable, ve vegetal matter still present. And one of the tricks with terpenes is they're, most of the flavor active compound in hops is uh, the terpenes. You, you get a certain amount of acidity contributed by alpha acids and so on and so, so forth. So terpene is predominantly flavor and aroma, not much bitterness. Like right. Little to no bitterness on terpene, or is it? Little to no. I mean, it's, okay. yeah, it's, it, all the aromatic particles have different properties and different um, perceptions, but yeah, mostly flavor and aroma. And so the difference between, uh, uh, basically hot powder uh, or like cryo pellet type uh, product versus a terpene distillate is uh, really the solubility. So with the, um, with the powdered hot products, um, you've got less vegetal matter and more surface area. So you, you still get some of the yield benefits, but terpenes being the most like flavor active molecule in the process of uh, imparting hot flavor, very water insoluble, super hydrophobic. They just do not dissolve well. Um, and that's uh, kind of what you really get with the extracted terpenes is that uh, you get about a, like a 95 to 96% um, extraction rate from the base product. Whereas um, I honestly don't know if you compare like T90 traditional hot pellets to um, cryotype pellets or lupulin powder, what the difference in extraction ratio is, but uh, the terpenes remain really insoluble in beer, and there's a way to treat the extracted terpenes to make them damn near 100% soluble so that you get a really <coughs> prolific utilization, um, as well as you're able to solubilize compounds that would not otherwise be soluble in beer. So there's some distinctive aroma and flavor characteristics you can get by using terpene distillates that you're not able to get um, by just trying to solubilize vegetal hot matter in a beer. Farmer? Um. <laughs> yeah, where's Bukley the trash? Yeah, I'll bring in Christy real quick. Yeah, 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 bring in the ringer. No, that's, that's one of the things like, so there's new techniques and uh, there's new techniques and new ingredients that are being presented in the industry all the time and I know terpenes is one that's popping up on menus all over the place so actually I do really appreciate you breaking that down a little bit and letting people know what it's all about yeah they're fun <laughs> they're fun <laughs> it's, good. it's another thing I if mean, you could they, break it down to one thing it's that they're fun they're you know? yeah. fun shit yeah. that's all you had to say beers <laughs> the pork had a good time had fun they have, they have fun. a lot of pork. practical pork fun terpenes fun <laughs> they have a lot of practical benefits I mean the, the yield is way better the methodology I mean you compare sending somebody up on a scissor lift with 360 milliliters of fluid versus um, multiple 44-pound boxes. The um, 
the physical labor involved with using them and the time involved with using them is, is much lower. There's a lot of practical aspects, but something that, you know, I kind of mentioned this before the pod, but I'll mention it again now is that I think a lot of people are looking purely at the practical um, advantages of hop terpenes. And right now, I don't want to ever say that we're the first or the only people to ever think a certain way, but but you will right now, <laughs> based on what products are available in the market, um, I think we're among the first to see this as regardless of whether we can save money or be more efficient or anything else. I think there's a distinctive way to make our beer taste better or maybe even just unique um, in the in the spectrum of hazy IPAs by really pursuing what we can do with this product. Um, if we get efficiency and everything else out of that, that's great. Um, but being distinctive and being able to like really elevate the product is kind of my main goal. And it, it, that seems to be kind of like I was, I was talking earlier with Hazy IPA specifically, there's kind of these two ways to approach it where you can try to minimize your inputs and maximize your outputs or really just see the inefficiency as kind of part of the beauty of the art of it. And we're sort of taking that same approach to something that was created to be an efficiency-oriented product. Yeah, and really exploring the space. Yeah, so that, I think, is our difference in approach, and also I, I think it, it will show up in the final product. But Yeah, it tastes amazing. It tastes great. It's very good. It. Yeah. Well, Coriolis Effect on its own is a wonderful beer, and this one is Galaxy Terpenes, right? And Galaxy is one of my favorite hop varieties out there right now. Yeah. I don't know if the yields have been higher because like, I've been seeing it a lot more in this past year where it was kind of like a niche hop before that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it seems like everybody has Galaxy at this point or it's it's popping up a lot more, which I'm a fan of. I think there was just a liquidity scare for um, the supplier um, or suppliers because uh, it's, you know, where it seems like there's been a little bit better negotiation happening with the farmers in New Zealand. It does not seem to be happening that way in Australia. A lot of the bigger suppliers are kind of breaking their long-term relationships with Australian producers because of that, because it's just kind of become this like over leveraged market where they're like, yeah, we can, I mean, we can just continue to charge a dollar a pound more every year for no additional work. Um, whereas the New Zealand farmers seem to be taking steps to actually get you into a contract for those varietals at a reasonable price, even though Nelson and Galaxy, in my opinion, will sell pretty much the same way to a consumer. Sure. Galaxy's work costing twice as much at this point. Um, and it doesn't really need to. And so, um, but I think the recent availability has more to do with the kind of middleman brokers trying to uh, maybe, I mean, act in good faith at this time when they know a lot of brewers just like need more stuff to like get people excited and throw their customers a bone and say, hey, look, we've got a stockpile of this. Like we're making it available to you guys, even though like normally we'd have maybe more strings attached to this. Maybe they're just trying to. Um, you know, liquefy more of their inventory into cash because it's it's a good time to do yeah. that. Um, Whereas the Aussies are just like, "Fuck it, man, sell it." Yeah. Was yeah. that an accent? <laughs> yeah, tried. <laughs> tried. Yeah. Oh boy. Gave it a shot. Was it an Australian one? Yeah. Yes, I think wow. so. It was uh, so quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so notice? quick. I barely noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go for my Australian accent, but that's another one that brings up like, that's like a now joke that I don't want to know. Now you Not, have to. Nope. Describe no. llama by using an Australian accent. <laughs> I once the mics are off, 
<laughs> smart. So smart. one of our favorite things to do, because it's, it's a bit cathartic for the brewers and the people involved, is talk about your guys' bad reviews. Uh, we <laughs> like to, You're in a Yelp hotbed right yeah, here. Yeah, we, we like to think that, yeah, because Arvada is a bunch of pretentious motherfuckers. But we and, like to and think. And it? it's, <laughs> it's a lot of Bordeaux. I think, I think Arvada is a little pretentious. A touch, just a touch. Not a lot, but a little bit. Ah. So... One of the things that we, you guys, we love talking to amazing brewers. Like I guess Ed mentioned before, you guys are one of my favorite breweries in the greater Denver area. But there's always people that don't have a good time and yeah. have bad gripes for no good reason. And we like to point this stuff out because people are idiots. Yeah. So, Steve, do you got something cute up? I got a few, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this first one because it's very recent, very, very <laughs> Is it yours? Fresh wound. No. <laughs> this is like, are you just no. reading your review? Uh, are you reading your review of Oscar Blues right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, Google makes me have to force a start. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, they're not. They're not that bad. Uh, this is a this is a review left uh, three weeks ago, here by a, a gentleman named Robert. Robert gave you guys three stars, and the review is limited menu due to COVID. Three stars. <laughs> and I gotta say, Robert, you nailed it. You. The, the the review part is correct, but the rating is. That's uh, is he rating COVID? I don't <laughs> understand. Every establishment I, gets minus two stars because of because the they can't just yeah. be normal hours and have yeah. normal selection. Yeah. So can you please tell people why you guys decided to be safe and not offer like a regular menu right now? Yeah. Why didn't you just guys throw a rave and just have? It I, yeah. Be? I mean, there's like there's certainly like the pragmatic issues with having a full menu right now, but like. I, I remember watching that one roll through and just being like, what fucking rock do you, <laughs> yeah. like, where are you right, right now? Like, come on, man. I'm so stoked. Like, all right, the other day I went to Hops and Pie and we got that crazy thunderstorm on Friday evening. I just stood on the table under the umbrella and I'm like, this is fine. Like, I'm yeah. so happy to be outside my house. Just out of your I'm normal just, stimuli. I just, I don't understand, like, who are these people that take themselves, take themselves so seriously that it's like, post pandemic whether you think it's a hoax or not like you can observe the reality and the impact it's had on all of the businesses in the hospitality sector and you get outside your house and within the first week of places being reopened your first thought is just like limited menu like right. dude have you read an article in the last like six months i mean yeah. friggin' or three i guess is more relevant but like meat packing plants have been shut down like uh, the prices of stuff's all over the place the the possibility of ordering the right stuff has been impossible and we got no heads up too like it takes us three weeks to make a packaging plan because that's just the way it works in our industry um given that that's our manufacturing timeline so yeah it's gonna when we get uh notified on the 24th that we can reopen the 27th even though we chose to wait till the third of the following month uh we're still two weeks behind on our ability to actually be like restocked in the way that we want to so it, it like you know you look at those and you're just like, whatever. Like, yeah. just is Yelp is Yelp four or five stars? Uh, five. Is it five? I'm also Damn. on Google reviews. Currently. Oh, okay. I do think that's crazy. That's that's crazy that like you've had nothing to do and the first thing you're gonna do is expect everything to just go back to normal. Right I was away. I was really. Like, you guys didn't have any limited released barrel age things. <laughs> I I had just high hopes, honestly, that you know after. People were in quarantine and things were starting to loosen, and people were going to be able to start living a normal life again. People would 
be cool. Appreciate no. what no. we have oh in life and be more yeah. grateful for stuff. And it has been the total opposite. No, Everybody is been angry. Everybody so is up. Everybody's super angsty. No, we were having a. I mean, we were having a meeting this on morning Tuesday, with. Yeah. We had a, uh, well, we had our meeting. Yeah, we yeah. had the meeting with our admins on Tuesday. But then we had a meeting today with staff to just discuss like, do you feel safe serving people because there are so many altercations happening over like, what's well, my. Liberty not to wear a mask. How many times I've talked to somebody that they've told (laughs) us that I have plenty of friends friends in the service industry. Well, now we know you're lying. Plans. (laughs) Plenty of friends in the service industry, and I feel like every person I've talked to says they have at least one person a day that throws a hissy fit about retail too about the situation, just about like social distancing and about like just following some. And and then there's me is like the the frustrations they put on the businesses, but it's like. The businesses are following the rules that were laid out to open. You know, to do like they, they have yeah. to do what the the state's yeah, saying yeah. to do, and then they attack like the businesses, like they decided to do all this stuff. Well, even just... even the few live comedy shows we're producing, like some comics are pissed. Some comics are pissed that we're doing it, even though we're following every single state no. guideline. And the other thing too is like, not to like put pressure on other people, but like comics are coming after comics, which is bad enough. But it's also like not just the comics doing this, it's also the businesses. It's also every single person that's willing to go to a comedy show. People want it right now. And instead, just like nobody can be happy with just the bare minimum. It's really depressing. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> really it, bringing this comedy podcast down. It's, Speaking of which, Farmer, why don't you read this next review? So why don't you read somebody's name and give the total number of stars and then you can read it. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is Devin. Um, oh, I got this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck Devin. I got this uh, one. one star and a year ago. Oh, I've read this one. Oh my god, I know this one. I know this one. <laughs> yeah, this involved uh, <laughs> Mike. Okay. Um, Mike's a code name for Cody. No, no, no it's a. It, <laughs> anyway, okay. uh, Devin Who's said. Cody? Devin said, "Very hipster with pretty high-priced snack food, but pretty good beer." Don't go in and talk good things amongst your friends regarding America. Oh, this one. <laughs> yeah. 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 The unless, unless you want the waiter to ask if you're part of the Proud Boys political group. Can't even enjoy a beer without an idiot bringing politics into it, much yeah. less when a brain-dead waiter does it. I'm just here bragging about America. <laughs> there are plenty of other breweries. Skip this one. Unless you're one of those who stick their noses in people's business and shout out your opinion when nobody asked. Yeah, so I know if this one. If you're a proud boy, don't go to New Image Brewing. <laughs> yeah, not proud one, of being proud boy. This one came up because what he leaves out is all the shit he was saying that was like our... Are the, the sure. server? Yeah, I'm sure the N word. Don't help times. your cause. Yeah. They tell them all the shitty yeah. things you were. Yeah, saying. you know, like that one word that, like, yeah. even when you're like someone who is pretty comfortable dropping any amount of profanity on a regular basis, like that one word you yeah, just you don't, don't use to refer yeah. to well, other people. He, How come they get to say it? So I remember. <laughs> so this happened. Oh no, not, the guy. Not the guy even that one. To, <laughs> the guy this happened to. I remember him telling me about it because it happened on, like a Friday, and um. Uh, he was working the next Monday and he was telling me about it because we got the review and all the shit. But he, yeah, I mean, the guy left out that they were straight up proud boys. Like, yeah. literally proud boys. Well, also, like, we, we're even joking with each other that we're, like, they were, like, they basically were like, hello, I'm Devin, I'm a proud boy. And they were just like, oh. And he called him a proud boy. He's like, fuck you, and left that review. But it was like, no, you guys totally were. It, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I the reason I, like, interjected and was like, oh, you should read this polit- politically <laughs> charged review of your business was essentially, like, Something I've been struggling with recently is that the idea 
Uh, Black Lives Mattering? Okay, Corey, <laughs> we get it. <laughs> That's, a big one. That's pretty important. But just this, this idea that it's, like, not patriotic to just care about other people. Like, it's not patriotic to, like, care about, like, wearing a mask in public. Or it's not patriotic to, like, understand, like, why the Black Lives Matter protests are happening. And it's become this weird thing for me where people are making it a, a patriotic issue. And totally. It's, like, it's totally not Well, I, I think one of the things for us, like, um, even before um, a lot of this stuff was coming up, um, part of New Image's whole, like, sort of ethos has always been around, like, community building and mental health and all Thanks this stuff. Out, guys. <laughs> uh, um, I brought up Black Lives Matter and they laughed. <laughs> <laughs> they were laughing most of the time. Um, but we, we have like Exactly. We have all these uh, we have all these beers that we do with with other foundations that were like literally centered around like um, LGBT rights and like uh, mental health issues and community building. So for us it was like once this sort of like took off, it was no issue for us to just like jump in and be like, We've been talking about these kind of issues for like so long. So I think it's silly like i think we've always had that so when this that review i remember was like where did you think you were like we're not yeah. like we're not like quiet about our feelings about about these kind of issues so when that guy wrote that it was like oh fuck yeah that of guy. course like, yeah get the hell out well, of you know it, it, it <laughs> like should. congruent to that we had a like a comment immediately on our instagram post today and that announcing the black is beautiful beer there's just like you know like i don't know guys this seems like a like a bad look to me and it's like well Fuck you! Oh, I'm like, sorry, yeah. like I, like I guess no. Not, I guess like, I guess to be honest, it it depends on what type of beer it is. <laughs> to be totally fair, <laughs> if you're putting out a, a a regular lager called Black is Beautiful, I'm like, what the fuck? Is well, that so no, this one's this uh, it's a collaboration. This brewery in San Antonio started it, and so like it's this collaborative effort with like a bunch of breweries across oh, the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. So they started it. Yeah, yeah, like hundreds of breweries. Yeah, and they basically send out the recipe to yeah. everybody. So everyone so collaborates. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the proceeds go to the foundation. Cool. But the we, thing is, like, especially for us, is like to like to what you were saying, like, we've always had what I refer to as a socially conscious for-profit business model. We've never, never wanted to be a non-profit, never claimed to be a non-profit, but we have a socially conscious business model. We've always... And specifically, we've been very oriented towards mental health since our founding. Um, but, like, I, I think that especially, you know, that that's something I came up when I was 22 years old. And so, I, you know, as we grow as a company and I grow as a person, that kind of expands to include, like, what's what's relevant, what's needed? Like, sure. what, what needs light shed on it? Because ultimately, at the outset, the realization was there's a platform here. People give a shit about what we have to say just because, like, we make beer and, like, I, no one wanted to do a podcast with me when I was an engineer, yeah. you know? Um, there's a platform, obviously. So let's use it to speak to shit that we care about. Yeah. Well, what's and, interesting to me, too, is that breweries, one of the things that people always, you can get to the root of why people love small breweries, it's because it's a part of the community. Yeah. So who... What do you stand for, really, if you are willing to be a part of the community but then not want to make an impact on it? Totally. totally. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is, like, people see us as such a, um, like, a, a, a one-category thing where they're just like, oh, you're, like, you're just, like, a brewery making a stand or whatever. It's like, well, I also sit on, like, a community board that interacts with city council right. as well as the city of Arvada and the Old Town District. And, you know, we have the ability to just right away, like, cool like what are like some of the eight points that we could even bring up with and as it turns out like Arvada PD is actually well ahead of kind of the national average on accountability metrics but you know 
I think people don't realize like how involved a lot of us are in our community and yeah. like the fact that like I don't just make the beer recipes like also pretty involved here and so um and also just like what's the purpose of sitting around and just being like we're gonna protect our interests and not take well, a stand anybody on that this. says like, just stick to beer like and they, so you're totally missing it's it's strange the most because they sit they're sitting at a, a point in a v at the bottom basically where they say we love local beer but we don't want you to have a voice in the local yeah. community. Or an opinion. It's like, you can't, right. it's, you it's can't so do stupid. that. It's like, what are you yeah. talking about? There's, it's not like you're just walking into a building and there's taps on a wall and you can pour it yourself. It's like, no, there's people here. Right. There's people that live in this community, serve this community. It's a conversation uh, space for people that want to come up with new ideas or talk about things. How can you say that it just stick to beer? Yeah. Oh, and that's the thing, too, is like, that that's so much about like the foundation of craft beer and like where it has value like if you were just speaking from like a marketing standpoint like why does craft beer have such a hold on people why do people care so much and it's because it's accessible and it has like a soul to it yeah and like like what is more representative of that than even like admittedly adapting and changing to social issues that you've been silent and not you know as woke as you could have been on like and that's certainly where i stand like i you know i didn't grow up in the most woke part of the country and um i'd certainly have I made all of it. <laughs> i certainly made like plenty of my own mistakes along the way but it's like I, you know it, I, don't, I don't have a platform as a person i have a platform as a company and i'm use, i'm willing to use that platform to just say hey look like i'm willing to acknowledge where i've not done the best job i could here and like this can be a turning point. It doesn't have to just be like a a one a one off like jump on this bandwagon, go downtown and take a couple pictures kind of thing. Like um, our goal too, and, and I think especially for us, where like again paralleling off what you said earlier, being a socially conscious business model has always been a part of our ethos. So this is just kind of adding a channel. It's it's not even like creating a new avenue for us. Um, but it's recognizing that, you know, we care about human wellness in general. And, and for the longest time, that's been kind of confined to the area of mental health. Um, but given the climate and maybe it just, you know, I, I think even at, at the corporate level, you can acknowledge a wake up call to say like, wow, I, maybe I didn't realize that this was still as big of an issue as it is, you know? Um, you know, I don't want to bring it up, but I haven't heard anything from Oscar Blues on this situation. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, funny you say it. So I was going to bring this up because, like, one of the things I think about just reviews like this or people saying shit in general is, like, I know it's a dead horse, but people just say wild shit online that they would never say to you in person. They're yeah, never going to say shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, one of so, the reasons we bring that whole thing up, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I uh, so I used to run the social media for, for Oscar Blues back when I was the creative director. And then when I moved on, uh, some friends of mine run it now, and they... I remember when, when people were posting like what they were gonna do in response to things and, and um, genuinely like Oscar Blues, I was waiting, I was like, I can't believe they didn't put something out and then they did. And they, they created a thing where like um, they were acknowledging that like in the in the beer community, in in breweries in particular, the the whiteness is very prevalent. Yeah, it's there's a there's a dearth of like oh, yeah. people of color working in the tap room mostly or white. on it's the production staff. It's mostly white dudes. It's, and yeah, then any it's women even yeah. any women you see it's mostly in the tap room totally. side as beer tender. And so one of the things, so the thing they did do is they set up um, a scholarship for the brewing program at Auburn, 
So they have, they have a brewer's program oh, at Auburn. Awesome. So they, it was specifically to be like, it's it's for people of color. And, you know, they were trying to, to do this thing. And um, which is, it's a, it's a cool thing. They're trying to access like, here's yeah. here's our space that we work in. It clearly lacks some diversity. Let's try and like fix that. And also that's the starting point. Right, you know, totally. In terms yep. of inspiring people to what yeah. they want to do. I mean, I guess that's a good excuse for having subpar notches. But, but, <laughs> but here's the thing. So like, because I used to run their social media, I still thought, you know, I, I want to see what, what like people say or whatever. You have a vested interest, yeah. When I ran it, if you ever posted something, so the reason it was Auburn is because Dale went to Auburn. So anytime you post Auburn shit, and I'm from here, so like I don't know how the South works, but yeah, I don't think Alabama's racially charged at all. <laughs> well, I just mean like so sports. When you talk any college sports, like people from the South lose their fucking minds. Oh yeah. If you are from like high school uh, too. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah. It, I don't get it, but they do. And so whenever I would mention Auburn on social media, people would just like flame us so hard, just go off on us. So when they post this thing about the Auburn scholarship, I thought for sure there's gonna be a bunch of like. Fuck Auburn, blah, blah, like, Roll Tide, all this dumb Southern, like, <laughs> Roll shit. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Derek Instead, commenting. <laughs> they were straight up just like this dude, like, just racist shit, which I was like, whoa, it's wild to me that these, like, the people who commented skipped shitting on a college, which would be, like, dumb and who cares. They went straight for, like, no, no, I'm going to show you how, like, racist Yeah, they I leapfrogged it. It's wild. I was like, whoa, there's not a, a I thought, thing about it. I really thought you were going to be like, everybody was really cool about it. <laughs> no. And it was uh, happy yeah, that's right. I was expecting, I was expecting <laughs> Auburn hate. And then when it was, like, r- like racist, I was like, whoa, these people are not afraid to just come out and say, like, the wildest, yeah. awful shit on here. And him. how dare you call him a proud boy. It's just like, oh, man, it's wild. So... So we can try to end on a high note. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not dismissing that. That's a really, that's a really good thing to point out and uh, something that's worth talking about. And I do – it's important that you guys – I appreciate the fact that you made a point to say uh, socially conscious business, right? Like that makes a difference. You know, and that, I don't think that's something that a lot of people say. They just – they talk about it as a business you're one or the other, right? You're either a non-for-profit or you're just straight capitalism. So I think it's important to note that, hey, we're doing the best we can for our community while also being, like, the best business that we can be. Yeah. I think that's really awesome. Steve, did you have any other reviews that you wanted to... Um, uh, I've got a beer review that I know <laughs> Brandon got really heated about before we started the podcast that we can end on. Bring it. <laughs> Bring it on. Right, unless you got something uh, ahead of time. Uh, yeah, here here we'll go uh, with this. Uh, this is from 11 months ago. Uh, I cut off the name of the screenshot I took, so they got lucky. Uh, <laughs> three stars. Excellent beer. I had the Coriolis effect. Outstanding IPA. Truly one of the best I've ever tasted. Did they use the word hubby in this review? Because I'm just feeling that coming on already. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Okay, sorry. That's okay. I'm just a little buzzed, so reading is Why only three stars, then? The food. My other half had the nachos. Jeremy! Uh-oh. I think we counted, like, ten beans. Why are uh, counting beans is a thing? Uh, Bean and counters. the cheese was MIA. I had the street tacos. Smoked Jeez. brisket. Are you having a laugh? No. Maybe having just spent 15 months in North Carolina, I have certain expectations. But the chewy stuff on the smoked brisket taco was anything but. I'd be back for the IPA, but otherwise, yeah, I'd give the food a very wide berth. (laughs) Motherfucker, if you want smoked brisket, you gotta go to the fucking North Carolina. (laughs) Colorado's not known for barbecue. 
by any. Kara's not known for any food. No, it is. No, Cara's that's not known, true. That's not Green chili. Alcohol food. No, it's Green not. chili. No, it's not. Yes. It's a yes. New Mexico It's known thing for a sauce. That you guys hijacked. <laughs> Vietnamese food on federal is fantastic. Other than that, we're not known for Vietnamese. We would know people come to Colorado for, and try and say chili. Food. We're not known for Vietnamese. People we're come not, to Colorado yeah, for also. marijuana <laughs> skiing and lots of good beer. Yes, green chili's in there. Yeah. I think I think green chili is a food people yeah, come here for. <laughs> it's a sauce. Yeah, I would say I would say it's more of a soup. I would say we hijacked <laughs> it and made it better personally because I like it better than New Mexico's green chili. Yeah, nice. I agree. Cool. But a soup, a soup, it's all food. I love know? the the quote of maybe it's because I'm coming from North Carolina, so I have certain standards. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> what standards? Uh, are those? Excuse me, are these bathrooms multi-gendered? <laughs> I can't eat my delicious pulled pork sandwich in here if they are. <laughs> Why aren't there any racist statues on this street? <laughs> All right. Uh, Where are all your deciduous trees? Heyo. Dark jokes. Corn tiki. Yeah. You got upset about this one. You were like, this is kind of a trigger for me. Oh, no. Bring in. Go for it. So, corn tiki. uh, New image brewing. This is from Untapped. It's a mead slash braggot. Rhymes with a word you can't say anymore. 12% ABV, 10 IBUs. And 3.39 stars or how, circles, whatever the fuck. I hate God. untapped. So oh, so much. Whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to read you a couple of reviews. Yeah, go for it. This was your lowest rated offer. I can't. Just go for it. <laughs> okay. Three circles, whatever the fuck. There's a lot going on in this one. Very sweet with hints of coffee. Right, the wife doesn't like it, but it's growing on me. <laughs> that was it? That was it? Oh. <laughs> oh, this was five. This was five circles. Out oh, five. this is a fucking adventure and a half. Also incredibly flavorful. All right, Bill and Ted, we get it. <laughs> Way too sweet for me. This was two circles. Felt like I was drinking syrup. Bummer. That was about me. I was really <laughs> excited about this one. And then the last and probably my favorite, two point five circles. Cancel this mead. <laughs> <laughs> so as we talk about mead, uh, and it's not a beer, Brandon, is there anything you'd like to say about these untapped reviews? It's it's like I said before. Like the only thing that really frustrates me about this is that. Um, I feel like we hear people so often that want to be a part of the woke craft beer community that are like, you know, we just love it when brewers are creative and they push boundaries and they try new stuff. And personally, I mean, ask anyone at New Image. I was fucking stoked when we went to release. You were fired up about this meat. I was so excited about this beer. I I thought that we had executed it perfectly. I felt like we had really bit off something that was very challenging technically speaking and that it just it just it tasted exactly how i pictured it from the beginning um i I was so stoked on it and um i was determined to not be upset by what people said about it but god damn it that did not happen that did not happen because like i just i just get so tired of people saying that they love how experimental we are and we love how 
uh, you know, people in the craft beer community will try new things and like explore new areas. But ultimately they're just like, yeah, we'd rather you just like shit out another identical IPA that we can rate as a 4.5. I mean, if you shit it out, it'd be pretty hazy. So that's good. Yeah. Um, no, it's like, it was just, it's just, it's just disappointing to see what people want, like, everybody's looking at me like I'm a weirdo, but people want to haze, you know, it was just disappointing to me to see people because we've kind of had a couple other things in this vein where it's like it's an area that we're trying to explore and i don't think people quite gather that it's like we don't like we're not a, a bourbon distillery we're not a winery making like you know one white wine and one red wine like there's such a broad spectrum with beer and like right now there's a huge push for beer to move beyond just like malt beverage product and into this kind of like non-traditionally known as beer space and this series really uh or like this was a collab beer that we did but it was sort of the inception point for a new series that we were launching as well that was seeking to access a new consumer like a person who isn't necessarily a beer fan but you have people that are like i buy all your ipas and i hate this mead hybrid it's like then just like don't well, you get that thing. You get that thing when people ha- they'll give like sours one star, and they're like, "I hate sours," and it's like, "Well, then you don't have to rate it, man. You don't yeah. even just say like I don't like it. But you I, don't have to it's, fucking it's, rate it." It's I, one of the struggles of like the diversity of where craft beer is at at this point is that you get people that are just like, "I usually love their stuff, but I don't like this." But it's like, well, like we're normally making sandwiches, and this is a pizza. You know, like I don't know like how to explain this to people, but like you don't. Your palate may not lend to every single thing that we create, but that doesn't make our creation invalid. If you're an IPA lover, don't judge our sours. If you if you love beer, then maybe like take our F and B stuff with a grain of salt. But Damn. if you like the enemies, like, don't judge our green chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I remember when, when Untapped came out, like I remember it was just like checking a beer and it was dumb and it was fine. That was that's all it ever needed to be. Once it started making like drunk with power. Once it was like leave reviews, it's like this whole app's fucking terrible. Because now what it does is like it fucks the market up market up for for real. Like when you go so like for example, we we started shipping our beer to um, France with a distributor and he they move it around like Italy and Germany and all the shit. And uh, and we all started shipping beer to Japan and that's literally what people do. They just open up the app and they just look at what the rating is and go. And it's like because they don't know no, any better. Fuck. That's the thing. It's like so. Yeah. Usually, yeah. this correlates deeply with uh, your how little information that they totally. have in, on their own. You know, so yeah. how how little they actually know about beer styles, about process, about ingredients, about whatever. They just show up, look at a shelf, and then they start looking up the names because they don't want to take it upon themselves to learn about what makes this beer unique, right. why it would be better than another one. It's just. They're just taking everybody else's word for it. Well, it's never been like the appropriate way to consume products. Right? But what yeah. people used to use, I remember like Rate Beer was like the big one that people used for um, for uh, for ratings. But it was because like Rate Beer was an aggregate score of like actual beer journalists. Like it wasn't just random sure. people that have tasted. It was like of yes. it was people who know, they what know the how fuck to articulate. Talking about. People that are like, yeah. what's the closest thing you have to Bud Light every time? Right. Yeah, somewhere. exactly. Yeah. And that's like um, you know, like I don't know if you ever seen the. There's an Instagram account, uh, Untapped. What the fuck? No. Where all they do is that he just goes on and just finds the dumbest people on Untapped who do that kind of shit. Where there's like, I hate sours, one star. Right. You know, it's just it's that kind of stuff that you wouldn't have that back in the day on Rate Beer because it was all it was all people who were, you know. For better or for worse, like BJCP certified people, but they knew what the fuck they were talking about. Sure, but even when you, <laughs> people probably <laughs> yeah. but better than, better than random dude. 
Like kind better of, than like yeah. random. Kind like, of, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is that at the, it was the shithead of the day? You know what yeah. I mean? Like at that point in time, it was a different shithead. Now you're dealing with. It sounds like something your server shithead. would explain as a special, like in our shithead of the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> salmon. Ooh, that sounds good. I'll have that. <laughs> Ooh, I'll have that. <laughs> no, so uh, you actually didn't read the review that I I hated the most about that particular beer from Untapped, and the thing that like of all of the you know the the low and high and whatever and it's always frustrating when something's polarizing and if you scroll through that one you'll notice there's a lot of fives and there's a lot of ones which is always really frustrating because you're like a certain group of people that liked this loved it yeah and a certain group of people that didn't get it hated it but you know just don't rate something you hate like i, I, yeah. I, I don't i don't eat pizza so i would not go to a pizza restaurant and say once or i hate pizza yeah again to your point rating systems the, the review for the, people to feel self-important what if we started a system where we rate comedians <laughs> on a scale? You should be able to rate customers, <laughs> if nothing else. You should rate not, like just got so So the, the one review that really, about that particular beer that made me really upset, was someone said, it tastes like they just threw everything they had laying around in this beer, very badly executed. And I was like, I, I created two new vendor relationships just to make this beer happen. And it, like, people don't quite realize that that's like a frustrating thing to do to like go from just your your normal channels for supply chain to like filling out multiple credit contracts going through all this like steps one of the vendors like they don't even like ship stuff so i had to like create a freight account in addition in order to create a bol in order to ship the product that i needed so like to have this just like completely just totally invalid bullshit statement that's like implicit too of like my ethics as a creator sure just infuriated me because it's like look this is built on a a profile that has been around since the early 20s like this isn't a random thing i came up with it's based on a distinct thing that we sought to emulate and we did it pretty fucking well and it just it just drives me nuts how people one are simultaneously so dumb and yet so entitled uh, they think their opinion matters so much, and like I don't know, it's it's weird to me because I'm so careful to try to not speak out of turn on issues I don't know about. Because I'm I live in constant fear of being humiliated when I'm wrong on something that I just simply do not know about. But most of the people that fill out reviews are the opposite of that. They're just like, yeah. Is there anything that like any I litmus mean, I could possibly use to be objective? Fuck that. Let's just write my opinion right yeah, now. Yeah. One of the main reasons we do this podcast is to show the. All the all, all there's so many. It's almost endless. The correlations between the comedy industry and the craft beer industry, and to me, that's like having a very good set and you crush, and then you hear the one person coming out of the show that's like, "I fucking hated that guy. <laughs> he sucked." And, and that's the one that like, sticks with you. And that's the one that sticks with you every single time. Or it's like uh, if you are if you're killing, having great set, you always hone in on the one guy that's got his arms it's crossed. just arms crossed not having a good time <laughs> yeah. and that's who that person is yeah. that's exactly who that person is yeah. and the thing um, is they just fought in the car it's not even your problem yeah 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 so the person leaving you the shitty review just fought in the car yeah that. <laughs> um before we get out of here the tell us like tell everybody like what's the deal with the brewery right now in terms of like what people can do can't do like what you guys are selling and that that sort of thing uh, you can come enjoy beer on the patio. Wear a mask. Uh, you cannot berate our staff with bigoted comments and still can't threats smoke of violence. On the patio. And still you still can't, can't smoke. smoke. That's been a thing since I was like a child. Um, but uh, and some would say that I still am a child. But nonetheless, <laughs> it's it's a reality. Don't yeah. you, you just can't smoke in places at all. Like it, I don't know. It's not Mad Men. Anyway. 
Um, we guys have like everything's available on draft, not a limited COVID menu at this point. Yeah, yeah you know, honestly, it's, it's still kind of hit or miss. It's still really hard to like. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, we have like 15 draft lines, so we put out a one or two beers a week. Yeah, so. but you got to be able to sell. Like, you can't just throw a bunch of shit up there if you're not moving through. No, that totally. Much and that's the thing yeah. is, we've we've got you know 15 to 16 beers on tap, but we have pretty much everything we put out is in the can. So like, we've got a stacked. Uh, can list. There's like thirty something beers yeah, in the grab to go. Yeah, no, it's it's still like a weird line we have to tow right now because like we want to fill kegs, but at the same time like Polish just closed nightclubs yesterday, and I don't know what other kind of bars he was referring to Steve with is that. Um, beta, yeah, did you see Beta? Yeah, I saw that but, video. It yeah. was I thought Beta closed years ago too, <laughs> which is like you know it's it's tough right now for us to justify filling more kegs than we can foreseeably move yeah, through in, in a week. No. Restaurants are also restaurants are buying kegs because restaurants are sure they're not going to have to shut down again. Totally. Yeah, like yeah, why, would yeah. You, why would you, why would buy, you hold on to something? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like our supply chain is still really weird. Like, you know, even Cisco, a huge food distributor we've been working with forever, like they've had to really like kind of adapt and change and try to like make do during this time. So it's like, I don't know, like things are what they are right now. If you want to yeah, get out yeah. of your side your house, like just be happy to be in somebody else's space and like leave it at that. And we're trying to be as hospitals as we can, but also like safety still matters. This shit isn't fake. And like, honestly, like whether, what, whatever your opinion is on it, like we don't really get to decide. Like we're at, you know, the same, the same department that could come in and tell us to stop serving food because our cooler hit 41 degrees instead of 40 is the one telling us make people wear masks. So that's just yeah. what we're. That's a great, that's a great way to put it too. Like, I, I don't like, think it's, it's a one degree. And, and also, I heard uh, another comic explain it, too. It's like, if if wearing a mask is only has a 1% chance of saving somebody's life, I'm still going to wear it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I heard a thing the other day that was like, um, they compared it to, like, if you're in a rainstorm and the mask is, like, your umbrella. Like, once you're not getting wet, you're like, well, time to get rid of this umbrella. Like, you just keep it up. You're like, no, no, it's, it's still fucking yeah, raining. Like, yeah, I'm going to yeah, keep this yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are you guys' regular hours here right now? Uh, three to ten on weekdays yeah. and twelve to ten on weekends. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, awesome. Nice. Grab cans of Coriolis Effect. Grab cans of Llama Bite. Come by, support these guys. Uh, their nachos are way better than Oscar Blues. <laughs> Agreed. And we are so grateful that you guys came on the show. Yeah, thanks, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate Steve, it. Steve, is there anything you want to plug uh, before we get out of here? Yeah, we are doing some live shows. Just follow our rotating tab on Instagram, Facebook for more info. Yeah. Uh, We've be been doing bi-weeklies at Flight bi-weeklies Co. Bi-weeklies at Flight Co. Landlocked. We have some new breweries coming on board that we haven't worked with yet, so that's very exciting. Yeah. So really check that out. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Well, let's get out, before, let's get out of here before Let's get out of here before this loud ass garbage truck comes. Cool. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. I've been listening to so much behind the bastards that I just thought products. <laughs> <laughs>